0: Sarut is the author of the 101 Cocktail Series Recipe Books, and she's the founder of Liquid Architecture, a beverage consulting firm that creates specialty cocktails for clients such as the Omni Hotels and Resorts, PF Chang's, and Wyndham Hotels Worldwide. Her cocktails have appeared in hundreds of publications, ranging from The Wall Street Journal, Savour, The New York Times, and Vogue. And she's appeared on The Today Show, Fox and Friends, and served as a guest judge on Iron Chef America. Currently, She pens a column in Red Book Magazine called The Mommy Mixologist, and she's joining me today to talk about her latest 101 recipe book, which is 101 Tropical Drinks. Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Well, I guess you're kind of just a bit busy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just a little bit just I'd say maybe bit. you need a drink <laughs> <laughs> No, that's, that's awesome Well, congratulations on the, the continuing success with all of these books Well, you know, tropical drinks, I think a lot of us think pina colada But it's oh, so much more than that, isn't it?
1: You know, yeah And I think, I think over the past, uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s I think, you know, tropical drinks have kind of gotten a bad rap and that a lot of people associate them with being sort of this overly sweet drink. And I think what we're trying to do, at least in our industry, is trying to kind of bring back some of those authentic tiki drinks, which are, you know, may have homemade syrups and fresh juices. Um, so, you know, we're definitely incorporating a lot of exotic and and freshness to it and kind of highlighting some of the old tiki drinks back in the 30s and 40s. Um, So the book is a little bit of both. You know, if you're a tiki tiki connoisseur and want to experience some of the classic tiki cocktails or you want something kind of new or even simple to sit poolside, there's definitely something for for everybody in the book.
0: Well, you know, you think of some of the drinks like a Mai Tai or a Dark and Stormy. Those are just fantastic cocktails. And, of course, we say that everybody thinks of a pina colada as as a tropical drink, but they're good. I mean, a well-made pina colada is a great drink.
1: Yeah, they are really good. And, you know, I love doing... um, for example, pina colada like with coconut water and coconut milk versus um you know there there's some coconut creams on the market which are really good. There's actually one um you know there's a popular one, Coco Lopez, which yeah. you can get everywhere. But there's one um by Amaretti which is amazing. It's like this really fresh coconut flavor. But um but I like, you know, again kind of freshening freshening it up with some coconut water and coconut milk and you know, doing something, you know, kind of just light on the rocks.
0: Well, you know, you say freshening it up, but it's obviously lightening it up a lot, too. And in fact, I've turned to that page in the book, the regular pina colada. I don't know if you're giving calories on it. Maybe you're not, but it's way lower with your at addition of the coconut water.
1: Oh, it's way lower. You know, coconut water in general is a great ingredient to use to stretch out drinks. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking to kind of lighten something up or if you're looking to, and I say stretch it out just because you're you're adding a little more liquid to it. Mm -hmm. um, It's, yeah, it's definitely a great way to have a lower calorie drink and still have a little bit of flavor and um, yeah, it's a really great tool.
0: Well, the good news is <laughs> Kim use. Kim has shared the coconut water colada recipe, and we're going to put that on amystable.com. Well, so just let's walk through, you know, we're, we're having a party and we want to have some great drinks for our friends. You offered us some really good tips on, on creating a fantastic drink, and it starts with measuring. And it's funny because, you know, in cooking classes, I'll often say to people, come on now, you don't have to measure everything. But in the case of a cocktail, you're really saying do it, aren't you? you
1: know it's it, it, mixology and, and cocktail making it's a little like cooking and baking i mean it is like you know when baking you have to measure it if you don't measure out the ingredients and it's not the right temperature and it's not the right humidity you know your bread doesn't rise it doesn't right work um but in cooking is a little more lenient yeah you can kind of take some some liberties with with ingredients but it's a little bit of both you know with with cocktails you do have to kind of strike that perfect balance between, like, any acidity you use, like lemon and lime juice. If you don't balance that out accurately with the sweet, like a simple syrup or or, or honey water, whatever kind of sweetening agent you want to use, it's going to be off balance. So there's certain things that you really do need to measure. Um, you know, with the booze, you can actually take a little, some liberties if you want something kind of light or strong. But when it comes to, like, the you know, the acid, the acidity, and the sweet. Those things you definitely need to measure.
0: Yeah, and I think that's important. And if you love a particular drink and you want to taste that same wonderful flavor again, you're going to only get there by measuring it back to, you know, the drink that you were after. Well, I was thinking when you said that everybody thought of tropical drinks as like sticky sweet. and, And at what point did the ingredients and in drinks go from, I mean, after all, the first cocktails had to have been fresh ingredients, right? And they so were. then somewhere yeah. they became these processed, yucky, sugary, weird colored things. So, yeah. you know, that's really strange. But is that, would you say, the best thing to happen in the cocktail industry is the return to the good ingredients?
1: I would. And I would say, you know, we're actually moving forward by taking a step backward Because if you look like even in the the late 1800s, what we call the golden age of the cocktail, I mean, they were all using fresh ingredients. I mean, they were actually celebrity bartenders back then. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was pretty crazy. And then Prohibition happened in uh, 1919 and 1933, and it only took like 13 years to completely destroy this industry that it thrived. And we never fully recovered. And it wasn't, it was like back in the fifties when we started implementing a lot of time saving measures. So, you know, women are joining the workforce. We put a man on the moon and, you know, uh home cooked dinner is replaced by TV dinner. Right. Tang was replacing fresh orange juice and the bar kind of followed in suit with that. So instead of fresh Lime juice and lemon juice, oh, we've got this powdered sour mix. And then came the sour mix on the gun. Um, And now we're actually seeing, you know, just since, you know, the turn of the century, we're seeing uh, a movement back towards... You know what what used to be here. right, you know so so a lot of bartenders are pursuing their you know craft uh as a career you yeah. know as a as a vocation versus an occupation, well, you know, um, just
0: like food, alcohol is one of the pure pleasures when properly enjoyed, you know what I mean? you want a moderation and everything after all, but a great drink is a wonderful thing, and so having you know real specialists at it again is just like being inspired by great chefs,
1: oh yeah, I mean there's so much that goes into a lot of detail, you know, from the kind of ice you're using because the ice affects the dilution in a drink. Um, so there's so many details that if you, you know, you can kind of go as detailed as you want to or focus right. on it. But, right. you know, I think right now we have such a world of global ingredients at our fingertips.
0: Yeah, we're very really lucky. to
1: create something great.
0: Well, you know, yeah. you mentioned ice, and of course at home it's hard to get too geeky about the ice, but you do say go easy on it when you're using a blender. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: You know, all you really need, you know, is I would say a few cubes of ice if you're if you're using a blender. I, you know, it's definitely something that you can play around with the the texture in a blended drink. Per- personally, I like kind of a a blended drink that I can that is still sippable that has a little bit of an ice crunch mm-hmm. to it. And that gets, you know, that's if you blend it on high. and You're only putting about, like, four cubes in there, about half a cup. Um, But if you want something that's really thick, um, then you can add more ice. But one thing to note is that you need to add more sugar. Sugar actually will carry all the flavors through the ice. So if you want something really thick, let's just take like a, you know, a pina colada or margarita recipe, um, and you want it to be really thick, you want to definitely have some more sugar on hand to bring those flavors through.
0: Oh, interesting. Well, I know we talk so much about simple syrup, and I feel like everybody knows how to make that now, and some flavored syrups, but you're suggesting maybe some different sweeteners.
1: Yeah, I have, I think I have quite a few recipes in there. I mean, you can do, um, I mean, you can make syrups from essentially any kind of fruit. I mean, let's say, for example, you want to make a strawberry syrup. And these will keep in the fridge forever, by the way. And you do need to have a juice extractor. So, you know, this is a juice extractor versus like a hand-squeezer citrus juice. A juice extractor allows you to make, you know, carrot juice or ginger juice um, or strawberry juice. But I, you know, make strawberry juice or any kind of berry juice, and I mix that with one part the juice and one part water. Mm-hmm. Um, and just heat it over low heat until the sugar dissolves, take it off, let it cool. And I can use that as a substitute in any recipe that calls for simple syrup.
0: So what about honey water? Is that basically a simple syrup but with it's, honey it's, and water?
1: Yep. It's one part honey and one part water. You do need to use hot water for it to, to get to dissolve. But I love using honey water into um, in a recipe, especially like the orange blossom. Mm. Uh, I think it's such a beautiful drink. Oh,
0: that would be just sublime. And then I'm curious a little bit about coconut sugar. What what is that? That's um
1: palm sugar? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. If you see it, you can get it at Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, but um the coconut palm sugar is like a it's a it's a brown sugar. And they actually do make it from so it has a low glycemic index. But um, it's a it's a great substitute, you know, with with syrups and cocktails. I see, you know, you can use a lot of like brown sugar syrups and demerara syrups, and coconut palm sugar is another great substitute for
0: that. Oh my gosh, there's so many things to explore in this book. It's called 101 Tropical Drinks, and I mean, there are so many great ideas. Great for entertaining, great for just your approach to to cocktails in general. Well, we're we're running out of time, but, you know, I wanted to have you just leave us one more time talking a little bit about water and ice and their importance in a cocktail.
1: Very important in a cocktail. You know, water is... um, You kind of need it to be able to taste more of the ingredients. I mean, a good example would be, you know, if you're at an art museum and you have this huge mural painting and you are up against the wall with your nose touching the wall, you can't really see the painting. It's too much. You need to kind of step back, and then you can actually see the whole thing. And it's kind of like your palate needs water to be able to taste everything. So it's a really critical factor. Um, But you don't want to add too much ice and, and overshake it because then you'll you'll lose some of those ingredients. But shaking with ice and getting kind of a getting some dilution in there is definitely pretty critical.
0: So I know the book isn't about martinis, but when it came to a martini, you'd always be shaken, not stirred.
1: <laughs> you know, I, no shaking and stirred will actually uh, get the same effect depending oh. on how long you shake it. But uh, stirring it gives it a, a much. It doesn't aerate it as much. So you're getting the same amount of dilution, but when you're shaking it, you're aerating it, which if you're using a really good gin in particular, you're going to lose some of that. Um, And also, you know, a lot of people really like sort of, you know, when you're shaking a martini or shaking cocktail and you see the ice chips on the top. Yeah. Um, But the downside of that is, you know, at first it may taste really good, but if you wait about five or six minutes, all of that water, ice chips start to melt on the drink and you're going to get a diluted drink
0: oh my gosh the things i learned speaking to you this is amazing <laughs> stuff well you got to check out the book or any of the 101 drink books but this is 101 tropical drinks and i'm going to put kim's uh, coconut water colada on amystable.com but kim has thank you so much for joining us today
1: great yeah thanks for having me on
0: you're listening to amy's table it's amy's table a
1: girl's guide to living with amy tobin on q102